Welcome back to the Tom Bernard Show. I'm here with... And you are? And, oh, that's right. Me. Everybody knows me. Let's try it again. Take I'm two. I'm here with... <laughs> Welcome back to the Tom Bernard Show. Catherine Brandt sitting in for Tom Bernard, and I am here with... Doug Sprinthal. Our special guest... Bill Lund. Mike Bryant. Alex Brandt-Bernard Rasmussen. Andy Brandt-Bernard. Cassie Trader. And we'll be right back after these messages. No, we're going to do live messages. Oh, yeah, well, live messages. Sorry. That's live all right. Messages. And I'll go live, too. Why not? It's only been, Ooh, what, seven, how long has the podcast been on? Seven years? I six know. Years? Six. Because it, it just happened right after I met Dan. I, we have not been, been doing this for six years. Six years. No, I think what it's been we, long. Crazy? Yeah. Yeah, it was, 20, tw- it was uh, August like? 2012, I think. Yeah, oh so it's six years. It started August after I met Dan. I think we're good enough to finally hook it up to the internet and let people listen. I think we're ready. I think we're ready. Worked out the kinks. All right, let me tell talk about Walzer really quickly. We were doing something we do every year, uh, which is uh, sponsor a food drive for a second harvest. Go to any Walzer dealership, drop off non-perishable items. Uh, The Walzer Foundation will contribute a dollar for every food of Food of found. <laughs> food of pound oh, of food. Did you give him some THC? That was, no. like, that, that was like that joke <laughs> earlier. I know. Yeah. It's In addition, there is an anonymous donor out, out there that will uh, match up to thirty thousand dollars wow. for monetary cool. donations. It ends November tenth, so limited time. You can find details at walzer.com or stop into one of our oh, yeah, 13, 14 dealerships in the 14. Twin Cities. Wow. Yeah. Nice. And we promise not to try to sell you a car unless you look like we can take advantage of you. And then we will. You mean you don't have to sneak into the door and That's throw right. the food <laughs> in? <or laughs> just if you throw the Captain Ken's at the general manager. Leave it at I'm out of here! <laughs> if your shoe, food We're shows up in the back of a 79 Pinto. That's right. Yeah. Okay, Walzer.com. Thanks, Mike. And now from our friend Mike Bradshaw, Terry Bradshaw's younger brother, from Bradshaw and Bryant. So, if you get into a car accident, you have car insurance, you have no-fault coverage, which means your ambulance is paid for, which means you can go to the doctor, you don't need a referral. So many people I talk to don't know what to do when they're in a car accident. They're hurt. They have car insurance. You have no-fault coverage. Your policy pays for it. And it's important that you follow it, you do it, you get the care that you need. I get calls from people and they haven't seen a doctor yet and they're in horrible pain. They got coverage. And so if you got that coverage, it won't raise your rates. And the insurance company, even though it's your insurance, gets to sell insurance in the, in the state of Minnesota by providing no-fault insurance. So they, they oh, get it. Okay. And today, Progressive runs into American Family, and fa- American Family runs into Progressive, so they don't worry about all that stuff. Okay. So if you get in a car accident and you have car insurance, you have no-fault coverage up to at least $20,000 worth of coverage. Well, and Brad, if you Sean, can, Brian. There you go. So $20,000 What? 20000 bucks to the hospital. It's gone in That's, seconds. I know. It's a couple yeah. of band-aids and <laughs> my God, the so, baby aspirin. <laughs> but at least it's a start. Yeah, that's right. You got so, fluids. That's yeah. fifty thousand. I keep saying welcome back. I feel like I've had to say welcome back too many times. <laughs> Alex ordered the crunchiest sandwich yeah. he ever got. And some rattling paper. That's really good. Your dad would Good love job. You yelled at me to eat more last night. That's what I'm Not doing. Not on the podcast. <laughs> I can't eat when up. I'm home, so when else am I going to eat? Why can't you eat at home? Because my Cause she refuses children. to tie her Let's see how, let's see. how crunchy is that bread? Take a bite right now. Let's see. I <laughs> <laughs> very that was very pretty good crunchy. it's the deep fried captain crunch sandwich <laughs> are you stress eating 
Probably. Did you know that? Because <laughs> yeah. our next guest, though, it should be calling in any moment. I've been at home for five days with sick children, so yeah. Yeah, you probably are stressed. Yeah, both have a cold. Bond got a cold, and then Sage got it. Every child in America is ill right now. It's terrible. Yeah, there's the season. Stuffy noses, swollen eyes, barfing, fever, rashes. Yeah. So is this a flu? Is it a flu or just a a cold? Really? How old do they get before they stop just standing there with snot running out of their face? I I think is that like two, two and a half? They figure out. And what is it with toddlers that won't let you wipe their nose? Why won't they? I mean, they hate to have their nose wiped. It's like, why do you You, want this? If you have young children, this is a PSA: (laughs) buy a nose Frida. Oh, that's the grossest thing. The best thing ever. So disgusting. What is it? Oh, the ball sucker thing? No. Those are inferior. Those are, oh, okay. That's what what I use on my kids. Yeah, and those are gross enough. This is extra gross. Look at this. It's a good thing she's the only one that's eating. It's a tube that, like, tapers down, and then there's a little sponge at the top of it, and then there's a clear tube connected to the main tube. And then a mouthpiece, and you shove it up your kid's nose, and then you suck How is that superior to the little rubber yeah, ball sucker thing? That thing doesn't you don't get have to anything. suck the boogers out yourself. That doesn't get anything. Okay, so the, in the nose free of the tube, there's a there's you don't get yeah. any boogers. You know, I love my kids, but I can always have more. I'm no. Sorry. Yeah. no, it's no. the best. I used to okay, like the, I used to like the rubber ball sucker because pathogens directly from their nose into no, your there's right. a, real. There's a sponge. See the sponge. Oh. The sponge. The and I don't get The rubber ball sucker kept you separate. Separate. And the fun part about it as a parent is you would shove it up your kid's nose. It's like a little. It was like it a little tube. Anything, it does. No, I've no, seen it. I, I used it on three boys. Yes. So no, the fun part about it is it was you couldn't see it. It wasn't clear. So you put it up your kid's nose. You'd squeeze it and then you'd let it go and it would suck the boogers. Out of their yep. nose. Like then you would person. go to the bathroom oh, no. and you'd be like, okay, what kind of treasure do I get? Like, so then you'd squeeze it and then all the boogers would go flying out into the sink and you go, oh, I did pretty yeah, good that time. A yeah. little mm-hmm. bit of red in there. I pushed yep. it in too far. <laughs> no, the nose freed is the best. Uh, wow. It's the most disgusting it's thing I've ever heard. Every, every parent, every parent now is like, this is the best thing ever. I would it's like a must have. You hook it in an aquarium pump and just hook it up to that. the best thing in the world. Who invented this disgusting Swedish thing? Frida. Uh, oh. Swedish people. Yeah. yeah. They also have the same brand as the Windy. It's a tube that you <laughs> stick up your kid's butt is to get like, gas out. Is that like, is that like the Shiwi? What's yeah. the Shiwi? I don't know that. You don't no. know what the Shiwi is? No. I don't know. That, that, uh, it's a device oh. that allows a woman to pee standing up. It's like a car- oh, pe- cardboard piece of paper. <laughs> I think it's like plastic wow. pizza, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Why, oh, why do we need to do that? I don't know. Okay, just, hey, like, when if you're, you're in go- the woods, yeah. like if you're hunting or hiking, you know how... Mm, you can not pull a your pants down? Then just have yeah. Yeah, yeah, but You could pull you over the side of a boat, I guess. And that's female one. empowerment, yeah. Mom. Yeah. That's why. Yeah. No, we get okay. so For much too long, <laughs> men have been, had all the fun peeing but, while standing but up. But you have to, like, find a tree to you either hold on to or lean up against. Otherwise, you're going to end up peeing all over your pants. So now you can get drunk and try to write your name. <laughs> exactly. It doesn't, you get really like like all it doesn't spout out. I had to change Does my name out? to spot. <laughs> well, it kind of. Trickles it's like out. a funnel, like a half a funnel. That, <laughs> well, that Duck. sounds like trouble right there. Not, <laughs> I mean, if does. you have a funnel that you're peeing into, where are you funneling it is my question. Basically well, kinda, on top of your shoes. Yeah. <laughs> it's a funnel. It's, a it's funnel. like regular peeing outside. It's, it's a funnel that has yeah. like a... It, 
it's open on the top, and then <laughs> yeah. it I know d- what does a funnel that. is. Yes, thank you. So, it so it squirts funnels out. funnels it away yeah. from yeah. you. Okay. This is all wrong. I don't know. I've never used it, but thanks for bringing up the she wee yeah. bill. Sure. No problem. <laughs> Whatever I can do. Yeah, but this nose Frida thing, I'm not interested yeah. in it. Ratings are going through the Do we the have roof. our guest? Uh, not yet. Oh, okay. I neti pot. <laughs> that scares me to death. Oh, I love it. I did it twice, and I got a weird brain freeze, brain like a dairy a queen. No, thank you. No. Is that the one where it flows in one way and then flows? Yes. I would consider that. It's oh, I love it. My sinuses are not the best, but I would, I would never consider do that. that. And then it's supposed I, to be really good for um, <laughs> people that have allergies or sinus yeah. infections or my, whatever. My kids like to watch, because I feel like you guys want to see a magic trick. Oh, God. <laughs> and they're like, see, whoa. I had a boyfriend once. That did it, and nothing came out. And then, like Died. three hours later, we were like just out somewhere, and like water just <laughs> went. I was like, "Sassy!" Oh, wow, <laughs> that happened to me once. I was water skiing on the Mississippi, and I wiped out really hard, and then just, just headache and stuff. And I got home about two hours later, sitting in the kitchen, and all of a sudden, all this brown river water. Oh my oh, god! god. Oh, like That's horrifying. Dry drown or whatever. They yeah, call. dry That's drown. Awful. Yeah. yeah. I'm glad I'm not listening to it at home. <laughs> I can't believe you can eat and talk about the nose, Frida. And the butt thing. She's a mom. you got young kids. you got to do yeah. it. And I've exactly. never been the, like, I'm not easily grossed Ooh, out. Mm-hmm. Once you become a mom, nothing no, you grew up on you a anymore. Farm. You can't I grew be up on a farm. Out. I'm a mom. Nothing farm. creeps me out. Okay. Uh, I, I hate this calendar. Now I sound like Tom Bernard. Oh, no, I'm sorry, I think maybe everybody. it's a computer that makes you need to swear more. It's just not an easy. It's just not an easy maneuverable thing over here. Uh-huh. Yeah, laptops can be either hit or miss. With That's me. true. Well, especially I'm used to. I am used. To, I've only used Apple products. Mm-hmm. So when uh. I try to go to Windows stuff, I am just completely frustrated. I cannot do it, and I'm sure it's the same if yeah, you're it's used the opposite. to Windows. I'm, I'm used to yeah. the other way. Yeah. 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 I, I'm I, not I just, a big Apple fan. They're too. I've just always used. That's just everything I've ever had. Exclusive and just everything's got to be exclusive or exclusive. Yeah. They got to be um, Apple product. Apple product. I don't know. It's yeah. just to me, it's. So you want to charge your phone? You got to buy it from us. You can't just charge it like any other device on Earth. Well, and I understand yeah. that new phone is like what is it? The, the newest Apple oh, and like iPhone. Yeah. It's like, oh, it's like 1200 bucks or yeah. something. It's Unbelievable. Yeah. Dan what? got one, but his work covered because oh. he uses his phone. How for much work. was the original iPhone? Less. Yeah. No, <laughs> Less than oh, the that. very first Thanks, one. Thanks, Oh, jeez. I don't even... Probably I, about I, four, or I 500. Were four or 500. Were well, they I think that, that expensive? Right. Yeah, I think uh, that sounds right. Let's see. 500 for the 4-gig model and 600 for the 8-gig model. So they were that expensive coming out. And they required a two-year contract. And that was 10 years ago. And that was 10 years ago, so it's probably more like six and $700. Yeah, but your phone wasn't over 100 bucks to have a phone either a month. That's true. Back then. Oh, it was so funny. One day I, I found my... I had a... Apple, you remember the MP3 players? Mm-hmm. The iPod? Oh, yeah. The iPod, that's what it was. That's actually where the that's name where podcast, podcast comes from. from. Yep. Yeah, and I had that, and I had all my music on it, and I'm like, oh, I haven't seen this in forever. And, and my stepdaughter, she looks at me, she goes, what is that? <laughs> I go, it's a iPod, it's an MP3, it's got all my music in it. She goes, I've just used my phone and i'm just like oh yeah we weren't all born in the future i know it's amazing how technology how fast it's gotten since 10 years ago Mm -hmm. 15 years ago i'm in a very exclusive club i still use a zune oh my god what's a zune Zune. it was microsoft's (laughs) answer to the 
uh, iPod. They're actually really cool. I use it for the band to play break music. I, I, suppose, I suppose indestructible. I suppose you drink Zima too, right? No. <laughs> Zima. I love Zima. Do you really? really good, actually. <laughs> really? That's why you I get like headaches as you drink Zima. <laughs> That's probably your problem right yeah. there. You cut yeah. the Zima out, you're going to be good. Yeah, exactly. yeah. Probably you all your health problems will go away. You don't have Crohn's disease. You're a drunk. There. We finally found out what's wrong with Zima. It's wow. corroding your They don't really insides. make Zima anymore, do they? I th- they I brought it back. I th- yeah, there was a little resurgence there. Isn't it basically sugar water with a little booze in it? Basically. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Like sea breeze? Is that the same thing? Uh, it, no, sea breeze is, is a drink. That's I think it's an aftershave. Too. Cranberry <laughs> yeah. juice or something like that. Yeah, I haven't had Zima since probably... 1999. <laughs> oh, so okay. It's yeah. been a while. They brought it back on Fourth of July weekend last year, but that's oh, it's still sold in Japan though. Oh, so. Of course it is. <laughs> what is sold they in never Japan? cancel anything. They Perfect must... match with sushi. Sushi and Zima. <laughs> yeah. mm. What is what? What is the alcohol? It's not a wine. It's more. It? I think it's, it's, like a, I think a, it's a cool liquor, isn't it? It's oh, a cooler. Really? Probably yeah. five or six percent. Uh, Wasn't it clear? See. Yeah, it's 5% alcohol, and it's clear, yes. And it mm-hmm. tastes like... Um, Sugar. It tastes like uh, fruit and stuff. Fruit and It's stuff. like citrusy. It's like oh, okay. it's like Jolly Ranchers, but alcoholic and huh. liquid. What's the alcohol fun? in hard water? I don't know what hard water. water is. There's alcoholic Har- water now. It's sparkling water, Oh, yeah, but you know, I saw that. Oh, yeah. Oh, Actually, yeah. Um, <laughs> Melissa's like, mom drinks that because it's low-calorie. Yeah, like, what is it? What's it? What is it? <laughs> Truly spiked and sparkling? That's a one type of it. Sure. Hard seltzer. That's the. That's what hard it's called. Hard seltzer. Yeah, Where sparkling you buy this? water. That's... Henry's Hard? I that's saw a horrible name. <laughs> Henry's Hard? <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> the commercial kind of writes itself. Henry's Hard. Need we say more? It says lemon lime tastes like a Sour Patch Kid. Passion fruit tastes like clearly Canadian. Wait, wait, wait. Okay. Like an oily Canadian? Clearly Canadian. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> that makes more sense. But, so, you know. are they, you're, what are you reading? Henry's Hards? No. <laughs> It's Henry. No. It says Henry. Because there's six Henry's hearts Salt and they have seltzers. a Sour Patch Kid. That just doesn't seem to work. Mm. <laughs> no. This is wrong. Six best spiked seltzers or sparks, hard seltzers or whatever. I had one at Chloe's art opening a few months ago, and I was like, what? I mean, I had a sip of one, and I was like, it's good, but I don't get it. It's about 5%, it looks like. What is it? But what, Five or six percent. It's literally what it sounds like. It's sparkling it water with alcohol. It's a thermos full of vodka. <laughs> no, I was going to say, whatever. Does, does you should order a vodka seltzer of... if you wanted this. Yeah, but what's in the alcohol? Vodka? Yeah, what is, what is the alcohol did... that's in it? Yeah. I just, it doesn't... Tell it doesn't me! Make sense. Uh, <laughs> ethyl alcohol? The kind that you drink without getting, you know... Blind. Oh, so it's yeah. not mixed with anything. They're fermenting water? It's just, <laughs> it's just ethyl alcohol put in water. It's just old water they oh. found. What time you know, New- when you leave a water bottle like in your car for a month. One time in New Mexico, I had guys next door that made moonshine, oh. and they went blind for a day and a half. Well, yeah. That's, wow. yeah. that's why they call I, it white lightning. It strikes you blind. I would drink something that made me blind for a day and a half. No. Yeah. That would be, that half day, you'd be sitting there going, I don't know if this is coming back. Yeah, you don't know if your sight's going to come no. back. No thanks. Uh, no. The initial oh. part of what comes out in moonshine will kill you. Yeah, because, the uh, methyl. Right, uh, methyl. so you have, to, you have to be an expert at figuring out when that ends and the good stuff begins. Wow. 
Don't you just light a match and hopefully yeah. it'll burn off? Oh, it'll all burn. Everything will burn. Billy lost all your North Carolina accent. Hey, I lived in Tennessee for 13 years. I got to know this stuff. And when you make moonshine, what you do is you... You have to calculate exactly how much alcohol is going to come out, and then you like weigh it or something like that. The first stuff that comes out is going to be poison. Wow! So you get right. rid of that. So it's it like is. the alcoholic version of meth. Basically, yeah. Okay. You make it wow. at home, and yeah, the it, poison comes out. You get rid of that. Then the alcohol comes out, right. but then after the alcohol, more poison. Yeah. So you have to know when to tails. stop. To the tails, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Don't so what, isn't there a tester? <laughs> well, yeah, but yeah, if you're just the, making it it's in... It's the blind kid on the yeah. porch. It's <laughs> Uncle Buford. You gotta, you gotta bring him up is, into the hills. Anything. You just throw whatever you want in there. A, a lot of corn, potato, that kind of stuff. Yeah, um, it's yummy. Whiskey. That's what it is. And whiskey. you look at these guys on TV that make it, and I wouldn't be trusting them with my <laughs> no, poison gun. No, there they are don't. shows about this. Yeah. Oh my god, oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I love that show. Really? I love that show. Yeah. That's a great show. Yeah. What's that on? It's uh, it's on Discovery, I think. Yeah, that Same sounds right. Goldbrush. Yeah. Another one of my favorites. There's one guy he wears. <laughs> I, he wears like overalls and nothing at. He has the ugliest yep. little dog you've ever yeah. seen in your life. And the name of the dog is the name of the dog is Cutie Pie. And it's just this one guy. No, oh, it's like and it, it's like yeah. a almost documentary style. Style they'll go like they'll be in hills in North Carolina, but then they'll be in West Virginia, but then they'll be in Tennessee, and it's different groups and how they're trying to beat the law and all that. Yeah, because it's, it's oh, illegal, you still but a can't lot of people. No, no, no. Well, you, you can kill people if you don't but do it But right. clearly, the cops have to be in on this show. Oh, I mean, bit. you can't the do this guys, show. Yeah, they're... Massive <laughs> production <laughs> trucks in here town. Here comes the HBO no. truck. Yeah, I wonder exactly. what they're doing yeah. here. Now, most people that are, are have their own little distillery, Are they? do they sell it? Do they just yeah. drink it themselves? These guys do. They're, they're making they money off it. sell it? Yeah. yeah. yeah now, people, a lot trust, of people prefer moonshine. Would you buy it from them? <laughs> no. <laughs> Knowing that there's... Poison involved? Yeah, poison. I think that's part of the excitement, uh, right? Oh, like okay. Russian roulette. <laughs> what, people <laughs> having a puffer fish or whatever. I was going to say it's like yeah. eating puffer fish. Right. <laughs> Well, you could die. You could not die. You could taste good. I, not that I would Go know, blind. but remember back <laughs> in the seventies and eighties, I heard there were people who used to buy marijuana, and and there was <laughs> there was a variety of. Remember Paraquat back in the eighties? Oh, it was yeah. a it was a insecticide. Oh, yeah. So oh. by by buying, I heard as a news reporter, I heard this that you would buy. These bags of this stuff, and then you would risk. Sometimes the quality was good, sometimes it wasn't. It's the same thing with moonshine. Okay. The craziest depot I've ever seen, deposition. I've ever seen a guy get asked, depo. "Was was there was there angel dust in the marijuana?" And he went, "Nope, not in that marijuana." Yeah. <laughs> Which means two right. things: yes. one, he could remember, and yeah. two, he knew the difference. Yeah, yeah. But that's a thing. And we need to take a break. What are we doing Time here? Out. What do I, we do? Yes, More never live? Called in. They didn't call. Uh, no, I mean commercially. Oh. Yeah. Are we doing live? No, or are we doing we're recording? done with that. No. What? We're, we're still done with on the live commercials. Okay. Oh, so yeah, you'll just insert those. Yeah. Oh, okay. We're not going to listen to those? Yeah, we... Okay. okay. So we're going back. Yeah, really. Yeah, we're going to... It's Tom with an update on my successful weight loss journey. I'm down 92.5 pounds thanks to the Sheehy brothers and staff at Nutramost of Plymouth. Great people. The official and only provider of the Nutramost program in Minnesota. I've never been down this road losing so much weight and then keeping it off. So now I'm on the Nutramost Forever Maintenance Program. This program reminds me to keep hydrated and what is good to eat and keep it my healthy weight. Find out how to be successful losing weight by attending the Nutramost Free Informational Dinner. 
It is on Monday, November 12th, 6.30 p.m. at Jake's in Plymouth. Nutramost guarantees that you'll lose 20 pounds or more. Nutramost helped me change my life, and they can help you too. But heads up, there are copycat programs claiming to be cheaper with the same results, but they don't take into account the detailed specifics of your body to customize the program for you. Register for the Nutramost dinner. Register for the Nutramost dinner on November 12th. I'll see you there. Call 763-333-7337. That's 763-333-7337. A program that benefits the homeowner and not the realtor? Do you want a guaranteed offer on your home? Hey, it's Tom with my realtor, Chris Lindahl, who has some exciting news to share. Hey, Tom, we are super excited to announce our guaranteed offer program. Here's how it works. If you qualify, we will guarantee you an offer on your house within 48 hours, which means you could be closing in three weeks. No staging, no cleaning, no decluttering, and of course, no open houses. This is your hassle-free way to sell your home. If you qualify for the program, you will get a competitive offer in 48 hours, period. Sounds like a stress-free way to sell your home. It is, Tom. Some homeowners want the convenience to be able to sell their home quickly without going through the stress of showings, open houses, and so many more headaches, especially if they found their dream home and need to sell fast. You do need to qualify for this program, but that's quick and convenient as well. To see if you qualify for the guaranteed offer program from Chris Lindahl Real Estate, go to chrislindahl.com right now or call 763-401-SOLD. Once again, that's chrislindahl.com, Chris with a K. Alex, for the love of God. Because <laughs> you've never done that in your life. Dad's Welcome been pretty bad about that lately. To the Top Guard Show. We're just here. We're here. We're doing it. We We're are. doing stuff. Tom Bernard is home sick, or so he says. He's oh, faking it. What a baby. No, he's also very mad. He was very angry when I talked to him <gasps> oh, a couple no, what hours happened? ago. Why is he mad? Uh, he wasn't on the show this morning because there's something called Team Viewer. What is yeah. that, Andy? That's what he uses to see the news on. Because at KQ, they show him the news so he doesn't have to use a computer, basically. So he can remotely control somebody else's it wasn't computer. Working. Oh, he doesn't even control it, I don't think. Well, I no, guess... They can control no, his. Yeah. It's been it, malfunctioning for nine days, yep. and it finally crashed today. Mm. And also, he could not hear the people in the oh. studio. I heard so, this in a very angry tone, tone so a couple was, hours ago. <laughs> well, I, I, I kind of get his point. If something's been not working for you know nine shows, maybe somebody might want to you know fix it. Mm-hmm. I know, just especially fix. a show like his. I mean, it gets good ratings. Yeah, it you would think that maybe maybe yeah. that would be a top priority sort of thing. There's but. advertisers that spend money for those good ratings, so let's get to work. <laughs> a couple of them are in this room. <laughs> so I'll tell, I'll tell, I wish he was here because he'd like to hear the story. I, I started playing in this band about six months ago, and the lead singer's son is a guy named Jack, and he's 13, and he's learning how to play guitar. She doesn't know anything about it. Broke a couple strings. They live pretty close by. So just come on over on Sunday, and I'll put the strings on. She goes, well, can Jack come because he wants to meet you? I said, wow, okay. So shy kid comes through the door and talking to his mom for a while. How old is he? Said, 13. He hasn't gone through the change yet. His voice they're hasn't very, changed Yeah, yet. a lot of times they're very shy at that age. So I said, hey, Jack, how are you doing? And he goes, can I ask you a question? I said, sure. What's Tom like? <laughs> oh, my God. It was so cute. And here you thought he was I impressed with you. I lied through my teeth. Oh, he's, he's such a nice guy. And, you know, 
I know. No, it's, you know, it was really cute. Though. Oh yeah, you don't know how many times. I, What's it like being married to Tom? Mm-hmm. It just must be. You must just be laughing all the time. <laughs> See, I, yeah. I get that a lot. Well, not the I'm married like, part. No, not really. <laughs> you think he's just so wonderful? I just tell people we're not really friends. He's the biggest ass I've ever met. Go, really? <laughs> I know that's the first time. Every time somebody asks, "What do you do?" and I tell them, they're like, "Oh, so how is Tom? Is he really like that on radio?" Or um, and I'm just like, "Oh my gosh!" Or I or I, I meet somebody and they're like, "Oh, he's the biggest jerk!" And I'm just like, yeah. "Oh, well, thanks okay. for sharing that." I know it's a bad. I didn't People realize can be a very big jerk. <laughs> I'm they all go quiet. My quiet I always ask them, I'm like, well, have you met him? They're like, well, no. I'm like, okay, have a nice day. And I just walk away. I mean, yeah. how can you sit there and say somebody yeah. is a jerk when you haven't just, even met him? They spend a lot of time listening to him. I know. know. I mean, it's a, it, when the first time I came into the podcast and knew stuff about you and knew stuff about both of you two, mm-hmm. I mean, it was scary because it's like you're meeting somebody like you know a bunch of stuff about. Mm-hmm. Just, I know, and it's kind of, yeah. It's, it's weird. Yeah, you know? and I mean, that they've had good. this so, their whole life. Yeah. yeah. I mean, so yep. yeah, we talk about that I mean, I on remember occasion. when they were both born. You yeah. know, like yeah. all sorts of stuff, you yeah. know? Yeah, when the kids were little, people would come up and they would talk to them like they knew them. Right. And then they would be very confused. Uh-huh. Like, I don't know you. Do we know that person? It's I, like, no. That's weird. And we'd get questions in, like, elementary school. What's your dad like? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> My dad. Well, at, at, when I lived in Dayton, it was all over because he's yeah. especially popular outside of Minneapolis. Because yeah. Well, that's when he was, like, he was in its heyday. That, too. too. Well, it's still, it, its yeah. ratings are still. It's, well, yeah. 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 I had the same thing happen the first time I did the podcast when Shelby was here. Shelby. Mm -hmm. And he started asking me questions, and I'm staring at him thinking to myself, I'm not watching TV. That is not Shelby. <laughs> it I'm is supposed weird. to say something back. He's swearing like a sailor. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Like, F bombs are flying out of his mouth. God, he, he had the worst potty <laughs> mouth that <laughs> he could swear. Yeah. Well, how long did he do? Crazy. You know, eight hours a day, he couldn't do anything except read from That's a script right. and be like, Mr. Yeah. Straight Lace. For 30 like, some years, it's like a drunk yeah. getting out of prison. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go to the bar! Yeah, I know it's funny. It's like as soon as he stopped, you know, being a news anchor, he gave everybody the finger and said, "I'm going to do whatever I want." Yeah. I think yeah. when he was a news anchor, yeah, he required a few things yeah. that he wanted. I remember Colleen Needles came in and told a story about uh, coming into work, and it was Don Shelby and somebody else that he used to drink with there at this station. I don't remember who it was, and uh, there was there was blood on the face, mm-hmm. and on yeah. the, oh. they were still in their suits. Passed out on a table <laughs> yeah. and bloody. Yeah. So, on yeah, so. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't think that he was always buttoned down, quiet oh, he guy. Played ba- his basketball stories of playing basketball and things he said to people mm-hmm. playing basketball. It's I like, used to play what? against him at the Crosstown. That was the big gym, and they had two floors. If you were good enough, you could play in the A floor. And Shelby would play there, Kevin Lynch, guys yep. like Kirby and so on and so forth, and the rest of us would play. But every once in a while, I'd get over the A floor and... He was the dirtiest. He was dirty. Was in the world. He? Oh yeah, God, he was just a hack. Uh, <laughs> poor Don. Aggressive though, and a good basketball player, but just filthy as they come. Yeah, he, he was the Danny Ainge of the crosstown. I got <laughs> a job. I got a job as as pack director of a campaign from playing basketball. I Did played basketball really? with Rom Rom Emanuel. And wow. at the end of it, he's like, the way he, that kid, the way he goes after, I want him doing Talk about, about potty moved, mouth. Yeah, he moved me from being a driver to pack director on a congressional campaign. Wow. Just from playing basketball with him. Yeah. Mm. 
So he was dirty, that guy. So, boy, there's a shock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Good guy though. Well, Don Shelby, every once in a while, contacts me, and he says he's he's finally figured out retirement. How long has he been retired for? Ten years. Is he ever going to come back and come back on the podcast or do his own podcast? I think that he's he's happy with his acting. No. Uh, he does a lot of Mark that. Mark Twain. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I think he does some other stuff with a couple of other. Um, he does some stuff for uh, what's that public broadcasting thing that he does? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Public, he does public broadcasting. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he, does, he does some narration for that kind of name. stuff. He just, I met him. I'm, the first time I met Don Shelby was. 1993, and I, I I didn't grow up in Minnesota, but I certainly knew who he was. And and when I was in grad school in 1992, uh, uh, we had the president of NBC News as like an emeritus professor at Northwestern down in okay. the Chicago area. And he said, the best local TV market in the country is Minneapolis. And I went, well, that's where I, I want to go there. So I uh, ended up going to Duluth. <laughs> I couldn't get into Minneapolis <laughs> at the time as a young 20-something. So I ended up in Duluth. And there was, unfortunately, there was a terrible plane crash in the Hibbing area in uh. 93, December of 93. And uh, because I was a CBS affiliate in Duluth, I had to work out of the WCCO trailer. And I open it up, and psh, there's Don Shelby, and I'm like, ah, you know, like, you know, one of my idols in broadcasting. But he was incredibly gracious and helpful, and super nice and great to work with, and and so forth. That was the extent. I didn't work with him at CCO, obviously, I was at KSTP, but that was that was my first experience ever bumping into Don Shelby, and he was very encouraging. Well, he was he's, he was always a gas on the show. I yep. mean, it was ridiculous. <laughs> and if he didn't if he didn't know what he was talking about, it didn't stop him. Yeah, nothing stops him. That's the gift of gab, right? Commercials, darkness, power failure. You just keep going. Yeah, I know. Every once in a while, we talk about getting him back on the show. But I mean, I was I remember Tom says Don Shelby's going to be on the show. I'm like, what? Because I always, I don't, I didn't know him. Tom know, knew him a little bit outside of the business, and uh, I had no idea. I was like, button down, boring, talking head Shelby. And uh, it turns out that that's not who he is yeah, at all. Yeah, nope. yeah. Nope. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. He told a story about <clears throat> Stan Turner at Passover. Do you remember this one? No. There was a co-anchor, and I can't remember what her name was, and they were talking about the tradition at Passover and the woman says, yes, so the head of the household blows the chauffeur and Stan Uh, does a two-beat and goes, they sure know how to treat the help. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like Shelby. Wow. Wow. It's chauffeur for Jewish friends. It's a traditional horn that signals the start of the Passover. Um, Thank you for that. Yeah. She just goes, huh. <laughs> Shelby, Shelby never disappoints. I, I thought it was fabulous when he came on and kind of let his hair down literally because he yeah. grew his hair yeah. out long because he was doing the Mark Twain. Um, yeah. Is he still doing the Mark Twain thing? I don't think, isn't it over? But I think he still has the hair, I think. I think he grew it because it's like if you're in, in an industry for 40 years and you can't do something. And I was in TV <laughs> news for 30 years. Yeah. There's a lot of things you just can't do. You yep. can't have a no. beard. First thing I did when I left Channel 5 was I grew a beard because I just, 30 years without growing a beard. So yeah. I think he grew the hair just because he could. You yeah. Know? Well, well, I, th- I think he's probably walking around just, what was that town we were talking about the other day that we think, like Mark Twain just walks around the town. In Hannibal. Hannibal. Hannibal, yeah. Missouri. Yeah, yeah. 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 Might, could lived. be Shelby yeah. <laughs> doing that. I could see him doing that, but... And he's done some TV because I've seen him on. Um, oh God! We what? narrated that history of the Twin Cities show. Yeah, on public he's narrated a few things. No, yes. he was on. He was on. Was it America Unearthed with uh, Scott? 
uh, Walter. Um, I think because one of uh, Shelby's ancestors was part of a... Uh, oh, geez. And it was really cool because, like... Is this a long story? Yeah, just, no, 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 no. You should write for TV yeah. Guide. We only, we only have another half hour. Yeah. Um, How's that pot doing there, Cassie? No, but I think, I think, no, I think Shelby would like do really well with some type of show like that, yeah. like a history type show, like on Nat Geo or the well, History Channel. Well, you want to do like a podcast on science or something. Yeah, yeah like clean uh, energy oh, yeah. and stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah, he's into energy. He lives in a super efficient house. And, Does he? Yeah, the, yeah, something about the gutters go into the cistern, yeah. and then that's all. They yeah. get their water, and it's very yeah. Solar powered underwear. Yeah. <laughs> All that. He rides the bike. Feels so good. Regular toast. You know that whole thing. The bike and toast. <laughs> Who's that? There's that one movie star that. Yeah. Oh, um, Ed Bagley Jr. Yeah. Yes. He, doesn't he ride his bike yeah. like seven hours a and day to? Make toast. That was my theory at the height of the U two or the Me Too movement that the only actor remaining in Hollywood yeah. would be Ed Bagley Jr. Yeah, exactly. Get all the roles. He's a nice. He's a, he. He seems like he's like a really nice guy. Yeah. But no, you get your morning exercise in before breakfast and, and eat your breakfast. How old is he now? I mean, he's I don't. Be, I think he's sixty-nine. He's sixty-nine. Wow. Wow. I haven't seen him on anything in a long time. I'm trying to remember the last thing I saw him in. Um, but he's done a lot of those movies with, um, like, Best in Show. A oh, lot of the yeah. ones. Oh, really? Oh, with the um, more independent stuff. Christopher Guest. Yeah, Christopher. Guest. Guest. Huh. You know how? Because it seems like Christopher Guest gets a lot of the same. Actors. Yeah, it's the same troupe. Right. It's, yeah. Uh, Kathleen O'Hara and, and yeah, um, Eugene Levy. Eugene Levy. Levy yeah, yeah, and Ed, Ed, Ed Baker. Mighty Wind is one of their movies. Um, Waiting for Guffman. Yeah. Oh, I love Waiting movies. for Guffman. Yeah, those are funny. <laughs> I'm on the MSN Entertainment site. Mm-hmm. Here's when Brooklyn Nine Nine will premiere on NBC. Don't care. Never watched yeah, it. Brooklyn anybody? Nine-Nine. Never heard Mary of it. Mary Kate nope. and Ashley Olsen step out for bare red carpet appearance. Who gives a flying mm-hmm. whatever? <laughs> I loved them as a child. John and Chrissy Dish. Who are they? John Legend and from Chrissy the Teigen. Dish Network, I think. <laughs> okay. John Legend and Chrissy Teigen. Is Chloe finally ready to leave Tristan Thompson? Oh my God. Uh, this is what? I mean. I don't know. There's nothing here that I could even talk about. I mean, oh. Well, that's. Ma- We're starting to sound like the Get Off My Lawn show. <laughs> yeah. Meg, Meg Ryan engaged to John Mellencamp. That's yeah. I know these people. We don't have to worry about that because we have a guest. Our guest on the phone. We have Jay. Reuben Appleman? Yes, we do. Hello, Jay. How are you? Hey, what's happening? We're great. What's happening? I'm good. We're great. Sorry, I, I, I guess you're probably expecting Tom, but you got Catherine instead. So. <laughs> Sorry about that. Yep. He's sick today. But we're happy oh, to talk okay. about your know. book. Who's, who's Catherine? I don't know. I don't it's know me. Catherine. Catherine Brandt. Okay. Tom's wife. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, she's kind of a big deal around here. Yeah. Don't you know who I am? <laughs> oh, God. We're promoting his book, The Kill Jar, Obsession, Descent, and a Hunt for Detroit's Most Notorious Serial Killer. Can you tell us about your book, Mr. No. Appleman? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I can. Have, have you any experience with it? Do you, do you know what it is? Have you seen it? I am a sit-in guest host. <laughs> yeah, our host is sick, <laughs> unfortunately. You'll have to give okay. us some background, well, please. Sure. Well, the the kill the kill jar is, is uh, it chronicles my ten year hunt through a cold serial 
child killer case um, in, in the environs of Detroit where I grew up uh, in the 1970s. There were four kids abducted and held in captivity over a 13-month period. Um, Mark Stebbins was a 12-year-old boy. He was abducted in February of 1976. He was held in captivity, um, sexually assaulted over a period of several days and, and eventually killed and dumped into the streets. Um, Jill Robinson, yeah, Jill Robinson came um, later that year, in December of that year, 76. She was 12 years old. She was abducted, held in captivity for um, a, a number of days uh, and eventually killed and, and dumped in the streets. Christine Mihalik came um, a, a month later in 1977, January of 1977. She was actually uh, a lot younger. She was 10 years old. She was held in captivity for 19 days. Um, and then was eventually killed and, and dumped into the streets. And then Timothy King was the last of the, the known killers in this spree, uh, or the known victims, excuse me, in this spree. He was 11 years old. He was uh, killed uh, after being held in captivity for four, uh, uh, from March 16th to March 22, 1977. And... and um, you know, at the time, this was uh, uh, this case was the largest uh, in terms of resources. Excuse me, put into finding the killer. This was the largest um, murder case in U.S. history in terms of dollars and um, uh, investigators assigned to the case. So millions of dollars. There were 300 investigators working this case. Um, these investigators were comprised of uh, city cops, um, uh, county cops state police, as well as the FBI. And, um, can can, uh, can for, you do me a favor? Yeah, can, can we um, Can we take a quick break and then come back? Do you have time? Sure. Okay, I'm sorry. We'll take Just a quick break minutes. and we'll be right back. Thank you. Yeah, of course. Tom Bernard here to tell you, Priority Courier Experts has immediate openings for drivers looking for more. Priority drivers are independent contractors who set their own hours, start from their own driveways, and deliver local on-call parcels and freight, which means you're home for dinner every night, and you get paid weekly. Right now, Priority's driver-friendly lease-to-own program has brand-new dock trucks, flatbeds, curtain sides, and tractor trailers just waiting to be driven home. And Priority's also offering a $4,000 sign-on bonus to qualified drivers. So if you've got the skills, we can get you qualified to start driving a brand new truck in as little as three days. Calling all drivers. Come get the $4,000 sign-on bonus you deserve for all the knowledge and experience you bring to the delivery business. Call our fleet reps right now at 651-748-4477 or visit them online at Priority.com. Priority Courier Experts. Every time you call us, we deliver. Tom here for Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. Right now, Sabre and Bryant are teaming up to offer 0% financing for 36 months when you buy a new Bryant furnace. This is the perfect time to replace your old furnace with a new trouble-free, energy-efficient furnace from Sabre. And when you buy Bryant equipment, you're getting one of the most trusted names in the industry. This 0% offer is available for a limited time. Call Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning to find out more, and please tell them that Tom sent you. Sabre and Bryant, whatever it takes. Oh, it sets the scene. I like it. We're back with the Tom Bernard Show. We have our special guest, Jay Reuben Appleman. Do you prefer to be called Reuben or Jay? 
<laughs> it's probably easier if you just call me Jay. Okay, Jay. Uh, we're promoting his book, The Kill Jar Obsession, Descent and the Hunt for Detroit's Most Notorious Serial Killer. And I have to, I have to confess, I, I, nobody, we, I've never heard of this guy. Why is that? Uh, when you say this guy, I have the the murder. Well, yeah, the serial killer. The whole yeah yeah. Well, <laughs> well, well. Uh, a big chunk of the uh, of the why is is why I wrote this book. Um, the, the book chronicles uh, that, that while everybody was out looking for a killer, for, for starters, let's back up and say this is a cold case. Nobody okay. has ever been um, caught. So you yeah. haven't heard of this, this quote, guy, because okay. uh, alleged, allegedly nobody exists but yet. But um, uh, the book chronicles uh, my hunt through the case um, and to discover exactly what you just asked, why nobody's... Um, uh, found uh, a viable suspect in this case after 40 years, and yeah. and, um, um, and and what I discovered in my hunt through the through the files. And when I say uh, through the files, I mean uh, thousands of pages of uh, documents obtained by Freedom of Information Act request. Um, and the documents include um, uh, police uh, uh, files from the Michigan State Police, from the cities surrounding. Uh, the murders from the FBI, from all county, you know, from there's multiple counties involved in this as well because of um, placement of the bodies was in was in two different counties. And, um, uh, I, I, when I when I looked through these thousands of pages of documents, it became very apparent that there actually were very viable um, uh, suspects uh, that and that evidence and documentation and and witness statements and. Um, information from the autopsy reports and internal de departmental narratives and evidence catalogs, all of these things um, uh, were, were uh, contradicting the, the official statements that not, nothing had been uh, found related to these crimes. So um, after a couple of years of searching the official task force, which at, 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 once had, at one time had been the largest in, in U.S. history, shut down and, and um, said they couldn't find any evidence. So all the documents I looked through um, to negate their claims, there, there was a lot of evidence, and, and um, that evidence was, was quashed in favor of uh, 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 the narrative that, that, that ends up with you asking me, why has nobody heard of this? So did they... <laughs> so, does it, go ahead. Did they actually use them in, in, in rings? I mean, you're, I was reading about this, and it was talking about how, you know, one of the sex trafficking rings were part of the, the, the part you looked at. Were, are there any, is there any evidence that the kids were actually used in these rings? Um, so... So there are there are immediately in 1976 and 1977 there were um, um, victims brought in. Uh, you know, cops will often say nine times out of ten you already had the guy in the box. Yeah, so that means that that you've already questioned right the the person who who was responsible. It, very early on in this case, 40 years ago, um, multiple parties uh, at at the over the same very short period, one or two years, flunked polygraphs. Uh, the wow. results, the hmm. results of the, the results of the polygraphs were said to have been favorable to them, saying that they passed. We look back at those polygraphs, and polygraphers now will say, "No, they didn't pass. Why did they say they passed? They, this guy failed. This guy failed. This guy failed. One guy actually turned in his buddy as the killer of these kids. Jeez. Another guy, um, another guy had well, two of the people who were questioned early on, and later their DNA was was." Um, 
uh, DNA from the bodies was found to match the DNA of early suspects. Wow. Um, what we know instead, what we know now, instead of looking for one guy, is that multiple multiple people were complicit in the. At, at the very least, in whatever happened to these kids, right? So, so these kids were abducted, they were held in captivity, and they were, and they were eventually killed. And you say, your, your question was, um, what, were they used in a pornography syndicate? We know that these individuals that were questioned early on were related to a large-scale pornography syndicate in the Detroit area that also stretched to the East Coast and, and, and specifically to northern Michigan where... There was a, uh, there's a horrible mm. part of northern Michigan's history on a place called North Fox Island. At the same time that these killings were happening, there was, um, uh, or in the relatively same time, there was a pornography syndicate run out of an island that was pitched as a, uh, a youth facility for teens during wow. the summer. The teens would go, would go, troubled teens would go to this island, uh, presumably to like, uh, experience nature, uh, it was, it was, and things like that. And it was run by a, a man named Frank Sheldon, who was a, a millionaire from the Detroit area. And this guy, Frank Sheldon, was found after running this island um, as a, basically a molestation and pornography camp. Wow. Um, you know, what, one thing we're all wondering here is why this didn't get more publicity. Like, none of us here have ever heard of it. And one, one theory I just came up yeah. with is around the same time you have Son of Sam in New York, summer of 76, you know, and that's one of the biggest, most, you know, the country was fascinated right. by this story out of uh, Manhattan in, in New York in 1976. Do you think that might have been why it never became a big national story? Or, I mean, it was probably widely reported in the Detroit area. Yeah, yeah well, well, what, 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 two things related to that. What did happen is, um, when you say summer of 76, at the, at, at, that was the, 76 was the, first killing in these four. So at first they didn't know exactly that they were dealing with a serial killer. In fact, they didn't even know for sure. They didn't, people suspected around the third killing, but it was the fourth that really yeah. realized, okay, now we're dealing with a serial killer. And this was in late 77, or, or I shouldn't say late 77, but mid-77-ish. And, and, um, and it was a different kind of thing. These were specifically kids, and they thought maybe it's specifically just a Detroit thing. It didn't have the sort of widespread sort of marketing of, like, Son of Sam or something like that, which was um, um, a little different. But, but, but what happened was by the but earlier serial killings, like Son of Sam, things like that, um, did lead this case to actually, at the time, have more investigators working it than the Son of Sam case. What happened was you had earlier serial killings. And so people started to think serial killer, serial killer, serial killer, like in their heads, cops did the way they didn't previously in the two mm. decades before or whatever. But now that serial killings were on their mind, um, this, this did get um, this did get the amount of resources and the amount of investigators that would have garnered national attention, except that they didn't have time to, because what we find early in the case is that, like I mentioned very briefly, evidence was quashed. What that means was not just evidence, but there was a, there was a large sort of political-based movement to, um, I don't say, I mean large, I mean powerful political-based movement, but it was actually s small, private on private, to, to quash evidence in this case. Uh, one of the main suspects in this case was, was the, the, the 
mid-twenties son of a very wealthy, very politically entrenched General Motors executive. And this sounds almost like conspiracy theory when you yeah. talk about it, but no, I mean, if you read the book, it's, it's clearly not a conspiracy theory. All of this stuff is, is pulled from documents from the Michigan State Police, the FBI, Oakland and Wayne County surrounding Detroit, Birmingham, Ferndale, Berkeley, Southfield, Livonia, these are the cities. Um, and, and it's pretty widely accepted at this point that, that this case was um, that the, the, that information leading to arrests was buried uh, in this case, and that's why you don't hear about it. Um, that's why you don't know about it because they did a really good job of of silencing this case after the first couple of years. That's absolutely um, terrible. And so, yeah, and so there would have been national coverage, and there was some national coverage in the early stages. But that national that national coverage didn't have a chance to snowball into into a wider national coverage because um, the police and the political powers surrounding the case uh, basically shut that down. Now, Jay, I, I see in your bio that somebody attempted to abduct you during the same period. So you yeah, believe was, it was the same guy, maybe? No, but that I, I know that it, it wasn't. But that was the impetus for me um, starting to look into this case. Somebody when I was when I was. Um, um, just child at the same same years, it's, uh, 77 for me. Um, so the killing started when I was six, but in 77, when I was seven, somebody tried to abduct me, and I was at a uh, little strip mall, sh- um, like a pharmacy, and I was stealing candy, you know? I was putting candy in my in my pants pockets, and I looked down the aisle, and I saw some guy, Stevie, he looked very uh, authoritative. He looked like a security guard of, a, of the kind that was like plain clothes, you know? Like he would wear a blazer, but he looked kind of like and he had a, uh, a presence that I understood to be something like security guard. I don't know why, okay. but I know he saw me, and, and I put the candy back, and I left and, uh, the store really quickly because I thought I'd been busted, and I, and I, you know, I was just a kid, but, but I lived nearby, and, and I, um, we were allowed to walk everywhere I wanted at the time, and I, I, I left the parking lot. The guy came out of the store and got into his car and followed me. Um, I walked across a major intersection, um, and into a little neighborhood where I lived, and I was probably a, a good, you know, seven-minute walk or something from the store at this point. And this guy pulled up next to me in his little compact car that he was driving, and he tried to get me into it. Told me to get in the car. He tried to grab me, and I took off because I thought I was running from the police. Basically, wow. in my head, I was trying not to get busted, and I never told anybody because I was culpable of a crime in my eyes. You know, you don't tell oh. some, your mom I was stealing candy, and somebody tried. So my parents never knew. Um, and as an adult, I decided to look into whether or not this, this attempted abduction was related to the, the Oakland County child killer murders, which is what the book is about. And um, very early on, I decided that it was not related, that, that the guy did not fit the profile of the main suspects. He, mm. was, he was just a, a completely random uh, pedophile or, or somebody, you know, who, who was trying to do me some harm of some some hit some ill will for whatever reason and, and um, uh, I, I did not think it was related um, but um, but that's what got me interested in this story in the, in the beginning and I stuck with it and it took me 10 or 12 years of research um, before the it was about 10 years of research but 13 before the book came out um, uh-huh. uh, totally years and um, that, that was my main interest in it at first later after getting into this case, I realized how many um, injustices existed within the, this case, and my obligation became to something greater than myself, you know. 
Wow. Has it caused more investigation to start happening, like opening a cold case? Yeah, well, the, the case itself has never officially been um, closed. Okay. They keep it open. They keep it open because, uh, in my, to my mind, and anybody who's close to the case outside of the police, to their thinking as well, it, it, they keep it open so that they never have to talk about it. When it's an open investigation, they use those words, and they say we can't compromise the investigation. Um, what, what has happened, though, is, and first of all, and that's a load of crap, because it's been 40 years, you're not compromising any investigation. Um, after 40 years of, of, of trying, you clearly um, either are, are in completely incompetent or you're, or you are holding, holding back information so that nobody digs into it. Um, the, uh, but I can tell you this, that based on the book, there's a, there's a four-part documentary TV show being made. It's going to air at the end of February. It's, ar- it's already made. They're just editing it now. And, and, um, and those investigators related to the, to the network, which is a large network, and I'm not allowed to talk about it until they do their own promo stuff, which is coming soon this winter. Okay. But um, uh, uh, they had their own investigators working with me um, for five or six months. And, and um, you know, yeah, uh, I would say, I would say uh, quite a lot has been done since, since my, my writing of the book. And, and I think that this wow. 2019 will, will show a lot of, uh, uh, will lead to a lot of results in this case. Yeah. Oh, good. Well, I'm sure I'm sure you're familiar with the Jacob Wetterling case that happened here in Minnesota, and they, you know, after looking that at the guy mm-hmm. and dismissing him, it turns out he's the guy that did it, or yeah. one of, I mean, he one was, of the people that he was, that they he was on their radar many, right away. And yeah. how many years ago? Like Twenty-seven years or something like yeah, that. Eighty-nine to, figure to that out. 2016. Yeah. yeah. And that just seems to be so yeah. unbelievable that you know, 20 years later, you can solve a case that you couldn't when it was happening. Yeah. And they had to do it with some very yeah. creative legal work. I mean, obviously, in the Jacob Wetterling case, he didn't plead guilty to anything related to Jacob Wetterling. Yeah. But right. based on okay. his right. admission, he did, you know, based on a deal with him, he did at least admit to it. So the family got closure. And, and they, they, got, they found his body. They had that guy right off the bat, too. Yeah, they yeah. They, they, they literally had him case. off the bat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just amazing. Well, I certainly hope they find this guy and that your book does, <laughs> yeah. Helps helps out well, with that. I'm sure well, you'd like I mean, to see him found. I mean, whether he's dead or alive well, would be nice well, to I know. To tell you, well, I have to tell you, I think the, the book, I mean, I know you haven't read the book, but the book are already, um, the book indicates that the, 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 guy, the, the guy is not a guy, that there are multiple people involved in this and that, mm-hmm. and that, um, and that oh. the, the, many of these people have already been found, and some of them, unfortunately, are deceased at this point. Others of them have, uh, were, are incarcerated currently for other crimes, but those are the ones we're after now, not, not the ones who have died. We want, we want some, some truth wrapped around those, who, those yeah. figures who are involved that are dead. We want people to know that, of course, but there are currently living incarcerated people who um, were privy to information related to these, these murders at the time. Um, they, these are people who had failed to polygraph. They, one of these people, his uh, DNA from his vehicle was found on one of the, one of the bodies, and, and he's currently incarcerated for um, child rape and, and things like that. There's a lot of, there's a lot of um, horrible things that, and, and most of the people uh, involved are, are dead, but but several of them are still alive, and they're not talking. But we know that evidence points at them, and and I think that this 2019 will will 
wrap some of that up. Well, it's a, it sounds like a wonderful book. Uh, the Kill Jar, Obsession, Descent, and the Hunt for Detroit's Most Notorious Serial Killer. We're talking to J. Reuben Appleman. Thanks for your time, sir. Yeah, thank you so much. You guys have a good day. You too. Thank Bye-bye. You. And that's it. Yeah, We're done. It's a wrap. Hour, huh? Bye. Bye. <laughs>